Good morning, church. Wait for my music stands. I got someplace. To put. Yeah, that'd be great. Put my thirty-pound uh, Bible. This is extra, extra large print. You could probably read it from the back aisle. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Amen. How are we doing this morning? You know, today is an important day. We're calling it a workshop, and I know there's been questions, well, why do we need a workshop? Why do we need to do workshops? And it's really not a workshop, it's really more an extended service, as it turns out. Had my wife been able to be here, the guys would have gone out and we'd have had D-groups to do the vision quest uh, while the women were having a time together and, and, and uh, studying the Bible, but her not being here makes it more extended service, but why, why do we do these things? It's the same reason why God would stop all his people every once in a while and call them to make a decision to choose this day whom they would serve. Most of us are very familiar with the day that Joshua stopped all the people and they were about to go in the promised land and he called them to a decision. And that really wasn't the first time. They had been called to a decision at Mount Sinai. They had been called to a decision when they left Egypt. They had been called to a decision once they conquered the promised land. And it's good for us every once in a while to stop and think about what we're doing and think about why are we doing this? And is this what I believe? And am I living out my beliefs? Am I living according to what I call myself? Am I living the life I choose to live? Am I being what I've chosen to be? And that's important. And January is kind of a time the whole world does that. You know, it's the time everybody joins gyms, right? Gym sales are off the chart. All the elliptical and treadmills and everything on sale. Why? Because the whole world kind of does that in January. Stops and resets. I mean, a lot of us are doing detoxes or starting diets or, you know, how's it going, by the way? Never no, mind. Right. But, uh, you know, I have lost four pounds and I'm working on it here. Um, and we're, we're, you know, we're, we're, it's a time we evaluate. And that's what this is. It's a little bit later because Michelle and I coming here at the end of the year, last year, we're a little behind in terms of just the calendar year. So we're kind of doing this at the end of January instead of the beginning of January. But I think we can still get ready for a great year, amen? I think we can have an amazing year. Today, uh, we're, we're doing, as a workshop, we're, 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 we're really talking about three main subjects that are important. One is our calling from God. It's not about what we want the church to be. It's about what God wants the church to be, amen? amen. I love this church. Do you love this church? Yeah. I love this church. This is my family. But it's not my family, actually, as in it belongs to me. It's my family, as in I belong to it. It's my church, not as it belongs to me, but I belong to it. It is the Lord's church, amen? amen. It's His church, His people. And it's for me to be part of that. And to give my heart wholeheartedly to that. The next subject we're talking about is the one another way. Or really, discipleship is really what it is. And why is discipleship so important? Because that's how we fulfill God's will. That's how we get done what He's asked us to do. 
And it's incredibly important that we understand what that is and that we're participating in, once again, His plan. And then the third subject is our vision and our plan to fulfill what God has called us to. To do all that God has called us to do. And that's important that we have a plan. The old saying, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time, right? That we have a plan to do God's will. And you might say, well, aren't we supposed to just follow the Spirit and do whatever? No, Jesus had a plan. It included the Spirit, of course. The early church had a plan. That was compelled and moved by the Spirit. But there was clearly a plan, and we'll look at that in a little bit. So our first scripture today is Exodus 19.6. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. This is from the Lord. This is from God. So the people say? Amen. This is the word of God. So the people say? Amen. So God speaks, we're supposed to say amen. That means so be it. It means so be it. Let it be done. If, if, you know, another way you could say, we could say right on or orale. We could all say orale. Whenever time we read a scripture, the people said orale, right? That means that's right, right on. That's the way it should be. That's what we're going to do. And that's what they, would happen when God would speak. They would confirm what he said. That their agreement and their intent to follow it through. You will be for me says the Lord, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And the people said, all right. Multicultural. Hmm, you ever seen these before? Here we go. Yeah, here we go. You ever been to this place? When you step out of your car, in a Krispy Kreme parking lot, the aroma beckons you inside the shop. At the big ones especially where they're making the donuts. Not the small stores that take you out with their curbside appearance, but only the ones that actually bake their own and fry their own. And when you step inside the green and white doors, the fragrance of hot dough meets you and sugar envelops you in warmth and then guides you over to the room-length windows to watch the wonderful crispy donuts making machine at work. Donuts circle journey up a bicycle chain like a series of platform chambers where they gradually grow and puff to become full-size donut rings. Then suddenly they dive into hot oil and transformation from dough to crispy cream speedily takes place. Like swimmers in a backyard pool, they ease down their lanes of hot oil, then quickly flip over to brown their underbellies. They tundle, excuse me, trundle up a conveyor and finally parade through a grand sugar-glazing waterfall. Oh, let's go back to that one. The taste is beyond compare. A donut so airy and amazingly light that a mere finger touch leaves a dent. But few fingerprints remain when a dozen disappear in a blink of an eye. And no matter how many times a person has eaten a Krispy Kreme donut, they'll have the time, the same joyful experience 
biting into a new hot one. Something along the lines of, wow, or orale, or oh yeah. It all translates to the same magical, scrumptious experience. And all you can say is, hello, Krispy Kreme. You know, there's just something special about Krispy Kreme donuts. Thank you, bro. You know, there's just, and especially when you're right there when they come off the, the conveyor, you know? They're no ordinary donut. They're not like all the other donuts. They're special. They're unique. They're the best. Or as Nacho Libre would say, the best. They are the ones. Right? The ones you want. So the Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples. For you were the fewest of all the peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your forefathers that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of the Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now therefore, that, that the Lord your God is God, know therefore that the Lord your God is God, he is faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. You are special. You are unique in this world. You are different. You're not like any other donut. You are made special. You were not baptized in oil, but you were baptized in water. And the Lord set you apart to be his people. To be his people. To be his holy nation. You are not like anyone else. You are special to God. He knows you. He watches over you. You belong to him. You're not like anybody else. You're not just a religious person. The world is full of religious people. You're his person. You belong to him. I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am holy. Do not make yourselves unclean by any creature that moves along the ground. I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore be holy because I am holy. Holiness is what we're called to be. We're called to be a holy people. It means sanctified. It means you're set apart. It means you're not like anybody else. You're not supposed to be like anyone else. You are special. Set apart for him. For the instruments of the temple were sanctified, meaning that they could only be used for God. They were not to be used for household chores. They were not to be used for building other things. They were not to be used for anything else but for serving the Lord. They were his instruments. You are his instruments. The word holy implies that 
You have a special reason for being here. You have a special cause that puts you here. You're here because God wants you here. And if you're visiting with us this morning, guess what? God arranged for you to be visiting with us this morning. To hear something today. So listen closely. What is the Lord telling you? You are holy. You are His. You are Kadash, as it says here. That means something special. That means, that means not ordinary. And I think that a lot of times we forget that as Christians. We think we're just like everyone else. No, you're not. You're special. I mean, I love kids in general. Our kids are a blast. Kids are awesome. They're so fun. But you know which kids are my favorite? I got four that are my favorite. Yeah. They're the ones that grew up in my house. The ones in my home. I love them all, but I got mine. God loves everybody. But he has his. And you are his. Do you know that? Do you realize that? And he calls us to be separate and to be different. He says, rid yourselves of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Be like God. Don't be like the world. Get rid of all the worldly junk. The world is constantly trying to corrupt us. Constantly trying to fill our hearts and minds with garbage. And God is trying to fill our hearts and minds with love and purity and faith and goodness and kindness and mercy and compassion. In a world full of hatred and anger and racism and envy and strife and competition and people hating each other because they look different, because they speak different, because they come from a different part of the world. You love each other. You celebrate our diversity. You give your heart to anybody, no matter who or what or where they came from or what language they speak. You strive to forgive each other. I know we make mistakes. I know we fall. I know we mess up. I know that we're not all that we want to be. I know that we're not all that we're called to be. I know that we're not all that the Bible says we should be. But thank God Almighty, we're not what we used to be. Amen? We've changed. We've been set apart. And we're striving all the time to become more and more. Live up to our calling. To be a holy nation. He says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Let it go. Love God. Love each other. Love the things of God. Love mercy. Love kindness. Love forgiveness. Don't love things. Things are fun, but things are temporary. I just remind myself. It's all going to burn in the end. Because the things that matter are the only things that are eternal. My relationships. The people that are important to me. They're the only things that really count. And that's what we should love is love the Lord your God. With all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's what makes you different. Most of the world, first of all, don't even know God. 
Well, a lot of people who say they know God love Him a little, but truthfully love themselves more. Even the world of churches, most of the churches are so focused on pleasing people, on making everybody happy, on making everybody feel like their needs are being met. The Son of Man did not come to meet, to, 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 to have his needs met. He came to serve and to give. The question is not, will this church serve me? The question is, are you going to serve the church? That's the question, right? That's what God is asking. Our world is increasingly self-centered and selfish. It affects everything. How much it costs to buy medicine. What the quality of our food is. Everything. Everybody's trying to make, not a buck, many bucks. Even at the expense of those who don't have many bucks. Because greed rules our world. But we're called to be different. To be givers, not takers. To be servants, not those looking to be served. We're called to walk in the church and think, how can I serve? Not, why isn't anybody serving me? How can I meet needs? Not, who's meeting my need? That is worldly religion. Worldly Christianity. God says, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them the heart of stone and give them the heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. Do you understand? God is proposing a relationship with you. He says, I want to be your God and you be my people. And this is how we do it. We get a spirit of God in us. We sow to him. We try to please the Lord. He says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Even if you walk in this morning and you're just not feeling it, you're like, I'm not feeling it. I'm not into that song. I don't want to be here that long. I don't know if this guy's going to entertain me enough. Even you, the Lord can take out your heart of stone and put in a heart that's soft. That responds to the word of God. That cares about others. And give you a heart of flesh. It's what God does. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Though these, though these he has given us. His, through these he has given us his very great and precious promises. So that the, through them you may participate in the divine nature. Having an escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. Did you catch that? You can participate in his divine nature. Let me translate that to plain English. He makes you like God. He makes you like him. He makes you generous and kind. And loving and strong, like He is. The things we want to be, the things we wish to be. 
All of us have things in our character and in our life that we would like to deal with and get out of our lives, right? We want to be better husbands and wives and fathers and brothers and sons and daughters. We want in our hearts to be the best we can. And God is there to help us do that. Because He wants us to be the best so that we can shine in this world. And we become more like Him. And so when people look at us, they see Jesus. They see God. He has given us everything we need to do this. Ah, some of us might be struggling with our faith. You know, thinking, nah, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Stick around and watch people change. See them change. Every time somebody gets baptized, what are we celebrating? Their change. How they've changed in their character, their hearts, their minds, and how God has changed their position before Him. And how they have become part of the holy nation. The family of God. You have everything you need. That's what He tells us. But you are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. You're not just any priest. You're the king's priests. A holy nation. You know, I've been deported three times. I have. I'm sorry to say that. I was unfortunately not born here. I was born on the other side of the border and every once in a while the government would remind me that. And send me back. Don't worry, I have my papers. I'm a U.S. citizen now. But you know what I love about the kingdom of God? You can't be deported from there. It's a holy nation. And you have your citizenship. Amen? Nobody can kick me out of the kingdom of God. He says, why? He says, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. He says, look, God has set you aside. Why? Because he wants you to tell everybody about how awesome he is. God is good. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. I mean, he's good. He's really good. Now, you only know that if you totally entrust yourself to him. You don't know that if you're trying to do half, one foot in the kingdom, one foot in the world. That's just miserable. Because you're failing both. You're failing to be a good Christian and you know it and you're guilt-ridden. And you're not even having any fun in the world because you're guilty all the time. It doesn't work. But you know how good God is. You know, you don't miss the grace of God when you turn yourself in. When you confess your sins. When you say, I've blown it. I messed up. Or I'm blowing it now. Or I blew it last Tuesday. Or I'm sorry, wife, or I'm sorry, husband. I was really prideful and arrogant with you. That's when you find out the grace of God. Because God is merciful. And Jesus came full of grace and mercy and truth. 
That's when we find out how good God is. When we're suffering and we entrust ourselves to Him. When we go through hard times and we don't let go of God's unchanging hand. And that's when we find out God is good. And we can tell people about it. And He reminds us, so remember who you are. You're His people. You belong to Him. Property of God. Spokesman of God. Ambassador of God. Representative of the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's you. Right there. The special one. The best. We're all going to run the Krispy Kreme right after. That's who you are. You are the salt of the earth. Now, i got to tell you, Jesus said, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Don't lose your saltiness. What's your saltiness? How you forgive, how you love, how you humble yourself, how you're tenacious, how you don't give up, how you keep singing even when you're hurting, how you get on your knees and pray, how you read your Bible when you don't feel like reading it. That's your saltiness. And it's what the world needs to see and feel is your faith and your convictions. It's what the world doesn't know and why people shoot each other. Because they don't understand love. But you understand what it is. You know love comes from God. It's what the millions out there suffering and hurting need. They need somebody to tell them that you have value in this world. God made you beautiful. God made you wondrous because He made you in His image. And you need to hear it first. And you need to believe it. So you can turn around and tell somebody who doesn't know it. And there's hope in this world. Because you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and places it under a bowl. No, instead... They place it on its stand so it gives light to the whole house, right? And in the same way, let your light shine so that others may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Because you're special. You're God's people. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens of God with God's people and also members of His household. You live here. This is your house. You know, you don't tell who lives here, right? They're the ones that open the refrigerator and look for something to eat. (laughs) You get to open the refrigerator and look for something to eat. The guests that come to my house, they probably won't even tell me they're hungry, but if they do tell me they're hungry, they certainly don't just get up and look in my refrigerator. Although that has happened with some campus brothers, but that's another story. I came out one day about 6.30 in the morning, because I heard a noise in the kitchen, and there was a campus brother rustling through my refrigerator. I'm like, excuse me? He goes, oh, your front door was open. Yeah, that's one thing, but the other issue is, why are you in my refrigerator? You know why? Because he felt at home. Well, he's at my house every day. He felt at home. 
you're at home in God's house. Do you get that? Do you realize that? How awesome that is? One of the brothers was telling me he was he was trying to catch a train. This was in India. And he was trying to he was he 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 trying to catch and I don't know how he got he got in the wrong place. And he got stuck on the other side on the wrong side of the railroad tracks and there was a wall. So he jumped over the wall. And he landed in a backyard and when he landed in the backyard it had guards and guard dogs. He landed in the backyard of a princess in India. They quickly grabbed him and escorted him out. It wasn't his house. He wasn't at home. Nobody's escorting you out. You belong to God. Your family. I remember my daughter's wedding. My son, in his zealous effort to set up everything to be great, was helping everybody usher. You know how they have the front two rows for family? Well, my cousins from Houston all came in. They sat in the front two rows. And my cousin didn't know, my son didn't know who they were. And he went over and said, excuse me, this is for family. Who are you? My son could have took a little more tact. But they said, we are the Carrillos from Houston. And he was like, oh, sorry. You get to front seat row. Because you're family in the house of God. Our world... It needs people to know who they are. We need to know who we are. We need to understand our calling. Our calling is not to show up at church. Our calling isn't to have quiet times. Those are just things we do to fulfill our calling. Our calling isn't to be religious. The world has plenty of religious people. Our calling isn't to judge the world, to be self-righteous, or condemn anybody. We'll let the Lord do that. He's the only one qualified. He's the only one who knows hearts. Our calling is to love, to serve, and preach the truth. To let the world know God. Because we know God. You are a holy nation. Know that. Let's be that.